0: Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Smith, and I'm delighted that you have joined me today. In today's episode, part two of Chocolate Education and I Love Lucy, we're going to discuss the four key traits that you can embed in your classroom, home, and organization to make sure your students and children don't fall prey to the same disaster that happened to Lucy and Ethel on the classic episode involving a candy factory on the I Love Lucy show. If you haven't yet listened to part one, I highly encourage you to go back and do that. It will make this episode make much more sense, and you will be able to place today's information in the correct context. Before we jump in, I want to encourage you to take just a couple of minutes and go to the website, key3educators.com, bookmark that tab, and sign up for the Three Keys newsletter. Trust me, I hate spam as much as you do. And I am never going to flood your, and I will never flood your inbox with a bunch of unwanted information. Podcasts are awesome, but one of the problems can be when you hear about a resource or an idea and you're like, oh no, what episode was that on and and where was that? And having to go back and sort through a bunch of information to try to find that one. Who's got time for that? The Three Keys newsletter is a way that whether you keep it in digital form or you print it out in good old-fashioned paper and ink, we'll be able to help you go back and locate that information, that resource, that interview guest, so you can follow up and get the help or further information that you need. So often we come across a resource or we hear a person and it's not information that we need right in the moment but we want to kind of file it away somewhere because we think, you know, at some point in time, that might be of value to me or someone else that I know. And having that information right there in a designated email folder, or perhaps you move it to a note-taking system that you have, or you print it out and you file it away in a binder, the Three Keys newsletter is worth your time. Okay, let's jump in to part two Of Chocolate Education and I Love Lucy. I want to share with you four key traits that I think are important to embed in an organization. Because again, if there was a one size fits all formula on how to measure effective education, I would hand that to you for free in a heartbeat because I would love for schools to be able to have that resource. It just doesn't exist. Instead, what I want to talk to you about are four key cultural traits that need to be embedded in the organization, and this is going to require intentionality. One of the mistakes that often happens is that there's a confusion with traits that are embodied by a leader or a couple of people in leadership roles versus those that are embedded in an organization. Many an organization, business and nonprofit, has paid a ransom after some personnel changes to learn that their values were embodied in a person or group and not in the enterprise. So once that person leaves, it's like everything changes and people are like, what happened? Well, it's because the, the values weren't embedded in the organization. They were just embodied in this one person. And when they left, they pretty much took the culture with them. If when a key person leaves your organization, it is like total chaos and all of a sudden the, the culture is totally upended and nobody knows what to do, it's a pretty good sign that the culture wasn't embedded in, all, in the key stakeholders in the organization, but rather it was just embodied in that one individual. Certainly there are times when there's a leadership change that needs to happen because what's embodied in that individual and that leader is not good and they need to leave. And what happens then is there can be chaos because that person has been leading a very unhealthy culture and it takes a period of time for some restructuring to come back in so that the organization can come into a place of health. So what are these four traits that you want to be intentional to embed in your organization? Number one, humility. You know, at its core, humility, it's just honesty. It's the willingness to be honest about who I am and who I'm not. It's a gracious acceptance of vulnerability to fatigue. Acknowledging, not just theoretically, but really owning that all of us can become self-deceived, that we're vulnerable to failure, to pride, to limitations that we don't want to accept or own. Humility is also a commitment to growth. It's embracing the reality, not merely quoting the mantra, that there's always room for improvement. Defensiveness, reluctance to change, blaming, and siloing suggest a humility deficiency in your organization. If people aren't actively talking about what they're doing to hone their craft as a leader or a teacher, you might want to check the humility level in your organization. If there's a lot of defensiveness and a lot of, well, we've always done it this way, or well, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing, or I don't see any need or any way I can really do this better. If there's a lot of siloing, like this person and this person and this person, they kind of got their own little tribe and they're over here against these people over here that have their tribe. That's a pretty clear indication that humility is not an embedded trait in your people. Number two. Empowerment. In the book, The Checklist Manifesto, which, although it has nothing to do with schools, is a phenomenal book I highly recommend. The author, Atwal Gawande, describes this firm that's engaged in building these enormous and complex skyscrapers. The way that they ensured success was they empowered any worker. That's right, any worker could call stop. You could have a sub, sub, -sub subcontractor. That would halt operations who had no fear of reprisals or retaliation or losing their job if they had a concern about the bolts they were installing in a beam. Because if they had a concern about structural integrity, they were part of this system and they were absolutely empowered. It wasn't just okay, it was expected that anyone who had a concern anywhere along that line would raise that concern and that concern would be thoroughly investigated and treated with respect and dignity. People must be empowered to say, hey, I have a concern without being afraid of losing their job or of being demoted either formally or just socially. Everybody needs to be able to know that they have a voice. So One of the ways leaders can facilitate this is invite stakeholders to create the meeting agendas. Don't just have everybody show up and always have the agenda set for them. Say, hey, we're going to have a meeting. Anybody have something that they want to put on this agenda? Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, everything gets put on for every meeting. You'll end up with meetings that nobody wants to come to and will do anything to get out of. But at the same time, you want to have that structure in place not just the idea in place, but you want to have a structure in place that invites people to be empowered, expects people to live empowered in the organization and in the school. When you have someone who is conducting a meeting and, and a conversation, you've got to have moderators who are skilled in soliciting opinions that are in opposition while maintaining a solution oriented focus. You don't want to have somebody who's just there to railroad everybody through an agenda and say, this is what we want to do. Basically, everybody just kind of say they're on board and then shuts down anybody who has any concerns. That's never going to empower your people. The other thing that lets people know that they are empowered in the organization is you've got to have timely follow-up. It's not just hostility, it's unresponsiveness that shuts down input because eventually people conclude I guess it didn't matter, that wasn't important, they didn't like my idea, they didn't even think it was valuable enough or worth their time to have a response to that. So you've got to have a structure in place that is responsive to the concerns and the ideas that people bring forward. What's the third thing? Asking. I've done another episode on the power of the ask and choosing that over the false promise of the assumption I'm going to talk about that a little bit here again. It is a critical part of this process of measuring effective education. To assume that everything is well, unless you hear otherwise, is not wise. So you've got to have proactive measures that create ongoing dialogue opportunities for everybody. You can't just wait for people to just always show up. An open door policy Can be good. It's not always necessary. It can be good to a certain point, but it can never be a substitute for structured discussion initiatives. If you take the approach as a leader, hey, my door's open. If you ever have an issue, you come and talk to me about it. You will never have the kind of engagement and empower people the way that you will if you are proactive about having structured times where you invite people in to conversations, even if that's just brainstorming, at least have something that is proactive and structured. You know, when the supervisor came in and saw the clean conveyor belt, she didn't stop and ask Lucy and Ethel, hey, how are you doing? They didn't even really have to answer that question in order for her to have discovered the truth, because the fact was they really couldn't even answer the question because their mouths were stuffed with all these chocolates that they hadn't been able to get wrapped and they would have ended up spitting them out or choking on them. And she would have recognized if she looked a little closer, wait a minute, why, what are your pockets bulging with? Why do you have things stuck inside the cap on your head? What, what is all of that stuff in your mouth? She didn't take the time to get curious and to ask. She made an assumption based on one data point, which was a clean conveyor belt. And ended up in a situation where not only were the chocolates a disaster, but Lucy and Ethel were out of a job. The number four trait, teamwork. A young person's education is so important that schools need to employ extensive methods to assess efficacy. The smaller the number of people and the more similar their roles, the higher the risk of failing to adequately measure outcomes. If you have so many people who are focused on grades as a way to measure academic quality, you're going to set yourself up. And more importantly, you're going to set students up for failure because you're not addressing the complexity of assessing academic, and educational excellence. I get on this one, it can be like, okay, that's all well and fine, Stephanie. Now, what are you gonna tell me about how I can actually do this in some tangible ways? Well, I am so glad you asked because we're gonna be talking about that in some upcoming episodes. I don't wanna just say, well, here's what you need to go do and never give you any tools to be able to do that. I wanna come alongside and be able to say, hey, here's what and here's why, but also here's how. Just not going to have time to get into all of that today, but I can guarantee you that's going to be something we're going to be looking at in the future. As a school, you do not have to end up like the I Love Lucy episode where the, they, they end up losing their jobs and they, they, all of these chocolates never even make it to the packed and ready and, and shipping room. The reality is you are stuck with an age-driven, educational, conveyor-built system. That's just the way it is. I don't see how that's going to change a whole lot here in any significant way, at least in the United States. And you are always going to have students that you're going to lament because your heart is to see them be so beautifully and skillfully wrapped. And there will be factors outside of your control, and you know that they're going to end up going through that conveyor belt system, they're going to graduate, they're going to have a high school diploma, but you know that they're going to have missed the richness of an education that was available to them. Accepting that is accepting the limits of who you are as an educator. But I believe for the vast majority of students that as individuals who have been given this creative ability by God and who operate in a community of other committed individuals who are here to see kids raised up and become skilled with knowledge and ability so that they can go into this world and they can have a life of earthly excellence and sacred significance, that it is entirely possible to be able to measure the effectiveness of the education that is taking place, to be able to make improvements where they're needed, to make adjustments, maybe even to make major changes. But if the commitment is to effectiveness, all of this is absolutely possible. So I want to encourage you, be intentional about embedding in your organization those four traits, the traits of humility, the traits of empowerment, the traits of asking, not assuming, and the trait of teamwork. And together, you can use this age-driven conveyor belt system of education to send the vast majority of students off, wrapped and packaged and shipped into adult life to be able to have a phenomenal impact on this world. I invite you, if you haven't been recently, check out the website, key3educators.com. You're going to find some resources. You'll find a way to sign up for the Three Keys newsletter. You don't want to miss that. Learn about the speaking engagements I have for your staff, middle school and high school students, as well as your families, your your parents and caregivers, and those people who are the primary influencers in your child's life. Until next time, remember, my friend, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.